What kind of wedding garment does the king see each one of us dressed in at Mass this Sunday? I'm not talking about our external uh, dress. Although, when we come to Mass, we are coming to the feast. We're coming to a foretaste of the wedding feast in heaven. And so, it is good to take into account um, what we wear when we come to Mass. I know it's football season, but we shouldn't come to Mass dressed like we're ready to go to the Hokies um, game. But I'm not, that's not the main point. I'm talking about a wedding garment that we're wearing right now, but it's one that's invisible to the eye. It doesn't now adorn our bodies, but it adorns our hearts. And I have no doubt that at the end of our lives, when we come to meet the Lord and all that was hidden is brought to light, we will see our wedding garment clearly then. At our baptism, each one of us was clothed for the first time in a sort of wedding garment, in a white garment. And the priest or the deacon prayed this prayer. You have become a new creation and have clothed yourself in Christ. See in this white garment the outward sign of your Christian dignity with your family and friends to help you by word and example. Bring that dignity unstained into the everlasting life of heaven. So we received a garment, an outward sign at our baptism, but it was really, we were clothed in Christ. And we were given a, a wedding garment that we are to bring unstained into heaven. How do we do that? The book of Revelation gives us a really important insight. Let us rejoice and exalt and give him the glory. For the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready. It was granted her to be clothed with fine linen, bright and pure. For the fine linen is the righteous deeds of the saints. The righteous deeds of the saints. So, in, in part, we keep our wedding garment bright and pure, as it says, as opposed to filthy and stained, through our righteous deeds. Through behavior, in other words, that corresponds to God's grace, to God's call in our lives. And the invitation that we've been given to the wedding banquet. St. Ambrose and St. Augustine both uh, testify that the wedding garment in this parable is a life of faith and love. It's faith and love. St. Augustine um, quotes St. Paul in commenting on this in this parable and says that the wedding garment is, quote, love from a pure heart and from a good conscience and from sincere faith. As St. Paul says to Timothy, that is the type of love, that is the wedding garment. 
And listen to how St. Augustine goes on to address his flock, to address his parishioners. Clothe yourselves in the wedding garment, he says. I'm addressing you, you people who don't yet have it on. Now you are already inside. You have already come to the banquet and you are still not wearing a garment in honor of the bridegroom. You are still seeking your own advantage, not that of Jesus Christ. St. Augustine didn't pull any punches. <laughs> we should be asking ourselves, honestly, am I still seeking my own advantage rather than that of Jesus Christ? Which master am I serving? Am I really seeking to know and then to love Jesus Christ and by keeping his commandments? Who or what is at the center of my life? Who sits on the throne of my heart? I guarantee you this, the throne of your heart is not empty. It's not empty. Who sits on it? Is it Jesus Christ, the King? Or is it someone or something else? It's not empty. It's either the bridegroom or it's someone or something else. So we shouldn't be presumptuous, in other words, like the man in the parable who is caught without wearing a wedding garment. He had neither ignored the invitation to the feast or refused it, but his yes to the call of God was not carried through in his life. He wanted the good things of the kingdom, but not enough to break with his sinful ways and live as a committed disciple with Jesus Christ sitting on the throne of his heart. You know, the parable today is, is very clear. God calls us to the feast. We can neither, or, excuse me, the, the Lord couldn't be clear. He, he calls us to the feast and he says, he says elsewhere in the Gospels that the kingdom of heaven, or the kingdom of God, as it's sometimes called, it is the pearl of great price. It is worth more than, infinitely more than all the treasures of the world combined. It's worth sacrificing for. It's worth denying ourselves for. It's worth fighting for. But it's, in the end, we can either choose to respond to the invitation to the wedding feast and cooperate with God's grace, or we can quietly decline the invitation and, and go back to our personal pursuits as though nothing has changed and no new demands have been placed on our lives. That's what we see in this parable today. And so as we come forward today to the Eucharist, to the altar, to receive a foretaste of the wedding feast, let us examine our consciences and consider the current state of our own wedding garment. Are there dirty rags in my life that I'm holding on to? What is keeping me? What is keeping me from 
letting Jesus clothe me in garments of purity. What can I do this week, even, to let him strip off those pitiful rags and put his white robes on me? I would propose that one good place to start is the sacrament of reconciliation. But I would also say that we ought to get to know the Lord better. (laughs) I've heard it said, it's so true, love without knowledge means nothing. If if I go up to a total stranger in the street and say to to that person, I love you, it doesn't mean anything. (laughs) It means nothing. But if I know someone and I come to them and I say, I love you, it means everything. So let's get to know Jesus first. Let's get to know him by meditating on the Gospels, on the Scriptures, where he reveals his heart to us, where he introduces his, the, the Father to us, and he gives us everything that we need to know to keep our wedding garment bright and pure. Let us give him some of our attention this week. I mean, uh, think about it. The, the Lord's attention is always and forever fixed on us. He is gazing on us with love right now and every second of every day, holding us in being. Let us return. <laughs> Let's return that attention to God by giving him a portion of our time, a portion of our attention each day in prayer. And I, I would really suggest that we, uh, we take up the scriptures again and, uh, and just give God, give God a, a portion of our attention. Allow him, give him permission to, to speak to our hearts, to reveal himself to us there so we can better know him and therefore better serve him and love him completely.